This is the Million Dollar Body Podcast. And right now, we have the special privilege of listening to an interview with me, Nate Palmer, from my friend, the mighty Pete Lawton from the Fire in the Belly podcast. Pete gave me permission to actually use his podcast on our platform so I can share this with some of our listeners here. So if you ever wonder what it's like for me to be a guest on a show, look no further because that's coming at you right now. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Belly today with myself, Mighty Pete, and we have the Nate Palmer. Good afternoon to you, sir. Mighty Pete, I'm so excited to be here as the as the first and the one and only Nate Palmer on your show. Oh, the the Nate Palmer, the the main man. So <laughs> listen, that's absolutely awesome. So Nate, tell us quickly, who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? So my name is Nate. I am. Um, I feel like the pretentious way to describe myself would be like, I am a fitness and nutrition expert. Um, before that though, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. I'm just kind of a guy. Just, I uh, live in, live in Tempe, Arizona. Just, uh, just kind of enjoying, enjoying the, in, enjoying my life. I like, I go on adventures as much as possible. And I got two little, little babies at home. I got a three-year-old daughter and a nine month old son. So just trying to, trying to breed that adventure in, into them and, you know, enjoy the process. Oh, I love it. You are also the number one best-selling author of the Million Dollar Body Method and Passport Fitness. That's right. I did that too. <laughs> so, no, I'm just, I was checking. I wasn't giving you extra credit there, you know? So. <laughs> no, that, now that you mentioned that, that, so, that, rings, that rings a bell. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. So you're saying, you know, Nate helps business owners and entrepreneurs improve their physique, finances, and family time using fitness and nutrition as force multipliers. So listen, it's absolutely fantastic to have you on the show. So first of all, before we go anywhere, tell me what does fire in the belly mean tonight? Hunger, man, just like a hunger for more. And I think that like, for me, it's never, it's never been like, oh man, I got to have that new Ferrari. I got to drive on a private jet, but it's like a, it's a desire to live life outside the lines. I think that you know, I think like kind of my generation, I graduated high school in like 2005. I think a lot of people have this similar kind of mindset where we don't necessarily want to do the white picket fence and the 40 years in a career. We want to have new experiences and try new things and travel and explore. And so I feel like for me, that's always manifested in choosing hard things, choosing to, to like do things that are a little bit outside of the norm. For example, like when my wife and I got married, I, I was running a personal training gym. I was doing awesome, had some amazing clients. So we sold the business and moved to Seattle without jobs. And just to like, just kind of to throw a wrench in the plans. Because I think that like, you know, if you don't, if you don't choose something hard like that, it gets chosen for you, you know? So like from Seattle, my wife and I were living there for a couple of years, worked at an amazing gym up there, just had some like, like incredible experiences, lived in a great place. And so we sold all of our possessions and moved to South America for a year. And so just, just, I feel like for me, fire in the belly is all about um, not settling and not being, not having something imposed on me. I don't want to live in a way that someone says I should live. I want to live on my terms. Is it the challenge? Is it the chase? Is it, or is it, you know, the opportunity to, to, to do for you know change there I, I mean i don't know if it's maybe maybe the chase maybe the challenge i just like i want to be able to like sit back when i'm like 82 i want to sit back in a rocking chair just smoking my pipe and being like you know what let me tell you this one story 
about when I was this age and I did this thing. Like, I want to like look back and be like, my life is dotted with stories and adventures and like, like scars and all, all that stuff. That's really like, that's reflective of, you know, like what's out there and like the ability to, that we have right now to go visit places and see things that, you know, even 20, 40, 50 years ago before the, like the internet was really big. Like it was really hard to do a lot of stuff. So being able to, to look back and utilize the tools that we have at our disposal to enjoy what's around us. I'm into it. Mm. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's, it is that, isn't it? You know, that's sort of maximizing the opportunities, you know, going for what's there. I mean, do you, for you, is it, is it really, are you driven more by pain or are you driven more by pleasure? I mean, is it a case of getting away and solving things or is it, you know, what's possible and pushing yourself? A little bit of both. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I, I feel like I'm a glutton for punishment in certain circumstances. I, uh, if, if I had the opportunity right now to completely change career paths, I would be a reality TV star, going around to different countries, doing the hardest jobs possible in each country and filming it. So like, um, like my wife and I were we worked in Panama on the Panama Canal for for uh, like four months. It was incredible. It was not a hard job at all. It was amazing. We're out like in the morning at like 7 a.m. taking tourists out to like look for birds on paddle boards, like going fishing, taking people on night safaris. So that wasn't hard, but there's a cool thing of that. Like, so the Panama Canal is fed by Lake Gatun, which is one of the largest man-made lakes in, in the world. And previously it was, a, it was a valley, like, or it was a, like a series of valleys and like hills. And so now there it's like a lake and a bunch of our little islands. But in this, there's a lot of these exotic hardwoods in the lake, just like these trunks that have been there over time. So now, since the Panama Canal is over 100 years old, like anything that's left in that lake is very, very valuable, exotic, like, like crazy cool wood that people will use to make very expensive furniture. So a, a really in, insane job is to go, like we put on some scuba gear and go chop down these these stumps of these exotic hardwoods within the Lake Gatun, you know, because you're underwater, you're in scuba equipment, you're operating heavy machinery, and there's a lot of crocodiles in Lake Gatun. So like, there's, it's like, a, like, that would be something that I would, I think I would aspire to. So I don't know if that answers your questions, or it's too tangential, but that's just kind of what I feel like is going to happen today. How, how do you use a chainsaw underwater? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm, I'm sure it's like some special type, or maybe they have to use like a, uh, like an underwater, like welding something or other. So I don't know. I'd have to figure that out though. Yeah. For sure. Before I go. <laughs> so, so what, what other jobs do you think you would be made for? Is there, is there anything else that really tickles your fancy? I feel like lumberjacking could be a, could be a pretty challenging one. Uh, I really wanted to do mm. like when um, deadliest catch was, was a big show, like the, the crab fishing off mm. Alaska. I applied for a couple jobs like that when I was in college um, but didn't get those. So I ended up, uh, between my sophomore, my junior year of college, I went out to sell books door to door in Ohio. So I don't know if you know about Ohio, but it's the worst state in the United States. Um, so I didn't, I wasn't told ahead of time that we were going to Ohio. I found that out, you know, afterwards, so whatever. So I was knocking on Oops. people's doors from 8am till 930 PM Monday through Saturday. So although it wasn't like a physically taxing job, um, it was like completely like emotional and like, you know, meant like mind fuck completely just every day. It was just a roller coaster. Like I'm selling some books. I'm top of the world. I suck. This guy pulled a gun on me. Like I got beat up by a meth head, you know, like every day it was something, something brand new. So 
yeah, glutton for punishment in a little in in a in a few ways. What what drives you then? What's what is it? Is it the the challenge to see if you can do something, or is it what the, the option or things that you could learn? What what is the, the driving force behind you? I think I mean I think like I'm a lifelong learner. I love reading books. I love acquiring new skills. I love like being able to. I love being able. Like that's like at the end of the day, I think I love being able. So like if there's a if there's a job that I can't do, I want to like I want to go do that thing. I want to figure it out. Want to work through it. But I think I love the challenge. I love I love the challenge. I love someone being like this is really hard, and I'm being like yes give that to me. I want to go do that. And while I probably wouldn't want to do like an underwater, like exotic hardwood harvester for my entire life, I'd love to try that. That sounds awesome for a, a week or two. So, so what's on the no-go list? What won't you do? Is there anything? I mean, so my, my oldest kid is three and a half right now. Um, if you had asked me three and a half years ago and you're like, what's on the no-go list? I'd be like, anything with kids. I'm not into it. They're sticking. They got grubby little fingers. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for that. Um, that's changed a little bit, you know, through, <laughs> through a variety of mechanisms. Uh, like, uh, but off the top of my head though, not, not a whole lot, not a whole lot. How has the transition into the fatherhood been for you? Uh, difficult. I'd say it is not like I'm, I'm used to being good at things. Like uh, when I was like a personal trainer, I felt like I was a really great trainer. Uh, I could say that without, without any ego. I'm like, I was good at that. I'm when I put my mind to something, I'm good at school. I've written two books. Like I've, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm a capable human being. And so I was like, man, parenting, I got that. I'm really good at telling people what to do. And it's been, a, it's been hard. It's been a, it's been a real like reality check that it's not just about like instruction and authoritative. It's about having conversations with really emotional people that don't have a fully developed frontal cortex and can't make rational decisions. And how do you entertain that person? And, you know, like what, like, what are you, what are you doing to alleviate these, the screaming situations? And, and like, how do I step up for my wife who is um, absolutely incredible and like takes care of like the bulk of the household stuff and the kids stuff. And like, that's been a real glaring thing for me. It's like, wow, you're like, you think you're a good husband. Like you're not even that good of a husband either. So um, it's just been a lot of like, you got work to do son. And I am not used to that. I'm used to being like, proficient so yeah challenging good i like it i like I'll, it's all it's all worth it i, I feel your pain it's like we're <laughs> my ones are, are five and and two at three so yeah so it's um yeah they will break you it's like and you can't rationalize with them <laughs> like i looked at one of them wrongly this morning and threw an absolute wobbler at the breakfast table it's like i can't i just have to I can't even be here, you know. So yeah, but yeah no, I feel it's, that <laughs> it's amazing, you know. But but come here, tell me what what was the plan originally? Mini Nate, what what was he gonna do? What was he like? Yes, um, I don't, I don't really know. I got a lot of repressed memories from that, like that stage of life. One thing I will mm -hmm. I do recall very vividly is when I was like eleven or twelve, uh, my mom had taken my my uh, I was gonna say daughters, my sisters to school, and so I was home by myself. And someone broke into my house. They broke the back window, came in through the door, you know, and I grabbed a steak knife out of the knife block and I went and hid under my bed, locked my door. And I heard this guy coming down the hallway with his work boots, just like, boom, boom, boom on the hardwood and then pounds on my door. And I'm like, oh shit, like, I guess this is it for me. I guess this is where I die. But at least if you look down here, I'm gonna stab you in the face. 
Um, so I was just like, I just remember feeling like so powerless and so like lacking autonomy, you know? And I think at that point, my 12 year old brain was like, you know what you should do is you, you want to make sure that you never feel this way again. So you need to put on as much muscle armor as possible. So no one can ever be mean to you ever again. And then also buy a bunch of knives. So like, that's where my head went. Um, so while I can't like look back and be like, I've always wanted to be a personal trainer, probably wanted to be like a firefighter or like a, you know, karate champion or something. But um, that's like, I feel like that's kind of where my infatuation with the physical culture really kicked off when I was, when I was that age, but it was really like a more of a defense mechanism at that point. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. Sort of knives and muscles. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to do a fair bit of damage. All right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank God. It's, it's a, it's a changed a little bit in the past couple of years. Uh, that'd be it. Cause that you run into those people still in fitness. Like a lot of people who are bodybuilders are, are doing it because they're running away from something. They, you know, like whether it's abuse or trauma or whatever else they, they, have something they're fleeing from and they've never flipped that and made it positive. It's always been, how do I get bigger? How do I make sure that I'm just so intimidating? I got my ears pierced. I got a big beard. I got tattoos, you know, I'm still talking about myself in this situation. Um, but, <laughs> but like, until that turns into something like positive, now you're like pursuing something good rather than running from something bad. Um, I think that like, you'll never necessarily be satisfied with where you get to, even if you're the biggest most ripped like in shape guy of all time hmm. how, how common is that in in the sort of the fitness industry that you know people as you say are doing it for positive and and sort of healthy and the right reasons you know they're they're sort of forward facing as opposed to those who are going you know i'm filling a void here and I, I need to be the biggest i can be or whatever their their sort of tonic is I don't know if I have a good like finger on the pulse of the industry at the moment. When I was first starting mm -hmm. off, I was working in a little bit more like these bigger, bigger box gyms. And so a lot of my clients were doing, taking steroids and stuff like that. So at that point, I would probably would have like said, this is also like 2008, 2009. And I think that like the prevalence of men who are like, I want to get big is a lot higher. Like since then, since like 2014, 15, I've been hearing a lot more men who are like, I don't want to get too big. And I'm like, don't worry, Steven, it's not going to, you're not going to wake up too big. I've been trying to be too big for a decade and it's really not working for me. So <laughs> like, I like, so on one hand, I'd say probably like 25% of the men I was working with back at that time kind of still had that mentality, but also like on the flip side of things, like you can't tell me that someone who is, you know, 20 pounds or, you know, like 20 kilos, 40 pounds overweight and is working out and busting their ass on a treadmill is not running from something also, you know? So I think that a lot of times we, we kick off a fitness habit or a nutrition plan or a new diet from a fear-based mentality, from a fear-based response to something, some negative externality, whether it's, I looked in the mirror and I did not like how I looked, you know, I, like one of my clients told me this is, this is like, like crazy and sad, but he's like, he overheard his wife talking to one of her friends on the phone and said, I'm just not attracted to him anymore. Oof, you know, like, and so he's like, let's like, let's go. Whatever you need to tell me is like, if I have to eat broccoli and like, and tilapia every day for the next like two months, like, that's fine. Just tell me what to do, you know? And that's not, that's not healthy, but it can kick mm. off a healthy habit. And so I think it's our job to kind of transform that from running from fear to running towards something better. So I think that's, that can be a, a well, part of I mean, journey. Hmm. Well, how, how do you separate that? That sort of, 
you know, we can be inspiring or motivating, but that's not transformational. How do you how do you make sure it is transformational? It is genuine change as opposed to, yeah, I'm going to do this for a couple of months and whatever, and then we're just going to bounce back, right? But it, where does transformation come into? Yeah, this is a great question. And this is something I really wrestled with because like I said, I'm a great personal trainer. You come into me, man. I'm like, oh yeah, let's work on this. Oh, your hips a little bit off right here. Let's stretch out the glute medius and let's get you back on this. Okay. Now you're back in line. Okay. Wow. You're feeling a lot better. You're going to walk away from me training way better than when you walked in. You're going to feel really good. And I was like, you know what? I'm a great personal trainer. I'm going to be a great online coach. Nope. I was a dog shit online coach. So I started doing this in 2015. And basically I was shipping off Excel documents with like workout programs, squat here, deadlift, bench press, whatever else. And people were looking at those and going like, what does this mean? And I was like, oh, the problem is I don't have any videos on here. Got to get some videos. So I filmed like 500 videos. And I was like, this'll do it. This'll get them all in shape. Nope, that wasn't it either. So I was like, well, what, like, what do I got to do? So I wrote this book called Passport Fitness. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna have a book and have a product. My product was called Bod in a Box. It was a suspension trainer, Two, uh, two bands, some sliders. And then it came with a workout program with videos. You already know. And I was giving these to people. I'm just like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be the Peloton before Peloton. Like you get the kit, you know, it's 200 bucks free for you. Sign up, you get $50 a month ongoing. That, that wasn't working for people either. So like literally I had one person who I was like, Hey, like, how's your bot in a box workouts going? They're like, Oh, I have a really hard time. Like knowing what to do. And I was like, you know what? Papa Nate's going to come over. Don't even worry about it. I got you. So I go to their house and I was like, bring your bot in the box out. Let's see it. And they bring it out to me fully wrapped. And I was like, bitch, you didn't know how to take off plastic. You didn't know where the scissors were to cut the zip ties. Like that's like, but like, I was so mad. I was like livid. Like that I came over to see this nonsense. Like you couldn't even unwrap it yourself. But then I realized like, that's a me thing. That's my, that's my problem. That's my fault. I, I was not giving people what they needed. And I was assuming that since I like a TRX, I like the bands, I like a workout program, that's what everybody likes. That's what everybody needs. No, wrong. So going back to your question of how do you motivate someone to actually make a transformational life change? That's why I've really narrowed my focus. I don't just work with anybody right now. I work with business owners and I work with entrepreneurial dads. I work with these people because I can help them connect their why. Because like, like business owners, entrepreneurs, like, you know, as well as me, like if you're talking to someone like that and, and it's like between going to the gym and working out or signing a new client up, they're taking the client every single time. Like, like there's no contest. It's not like, oh, well, I could take them later. No, they're going to work. They're going to work. They're hustlers. You know, they, they only get to eat when they kill. So they're always going to take that thing. So if I can help them connect, Hey, the most important things in your life is your business and your family but your nutrition is the cap is the, like, is the intro to that. Like the, your nutrition lays the foundation. And if I can help you get your nutrition in line, your habits in line to support the things that are really important to you, your family, your financial success, and your physique is a byproduct of that, then real transformation happens. And I think that like, like a really easy way to see this is to help people understand the difference between what do I want to eat and how do I want to feel? Because what do I want to eat is like pizza. I want to eat pizza. Like I'm hungry for pizza or ice cream. I want ice cream right now. I never don't want ice cream. But if I was coming, like if, if that was my mentality and I was like, okay, 
I got an interview with Pete later. I want to make sure I show up big time. I'm, I've got a great energy and I ate a bunch of ice cream. I wouldn't be feeling this way. I'd be sitting back. I'd be lounging. You know, I'd be kind of falling out of my chair. I'd be like trying to take a nap under the desk, you know, like I'd be crushed. But if my, if my thought process is now, how do I want to feel? I want to show up big time. I want to have a ton of energy. I want to be excited on this podcast. It's going to inform my decisions, how I work out, how I eat, what am I training, those sorts of things. So if real transformation happens, not from a tactical standpoint, here's the squats you should do. Here's how many sets and reps. It happens from a mental standpoint. What are the questions are we asking ourselves? How do you ask better questions, get better responses, get better results in your life? It's awesome. I mean, it's maybe a bit of a naive question, but I mean, how, what you put in, how, how much of a difference does it make? I mean, how much is DNA? How much of it is just fuel? I just, I just need food to make me, me, and, and that's fine. Or are you the result of your food? Yeah, it's a great question. So like Pete, you and I could do the exact same exercises and eat the exact same food and our bodies would look completely different. You know, like it's like DNA definitely plays a big part of it. Some people are just going to be bigger than me. I'm never going to be a linebacker as much as I've always wanted to look like a linebacker. I'm never going to look like a linebacker. Never going to look like Arnold It's not in the cards for me. So like, like on one hand, we got to accept and just become the best versions of who we are. But on the other hand, I can hundred percent tell you that if you have pizza and ice cream at lunch, you're gonna have a shitty afternoon. If you have a, a light lunch with high protein, high vegetables, you're going to be a lot more in tune. You're going to have a lot more mental acuity. You're going to be a lot more focused. You're going to have a lot more energy and your physique is going to look better. You're going to be leaner. You're going to have more visible muscles. So like, yes, we might look different, but also if you want to be, be, feel, and look the best possible, then there's going to be similar principles that apply. No, so, I mean, it's especially in this market, right? Especially we've, we've gone through this global crisis and, and that. So, and everyone's been, we've never had so much time on Zoom. So, you know, so that's also something I imagine has come into play. Our, our very daily routine has been affected. Our kids, you know, kids are in the same premises, you know, and just stress, mental stress, financial stress, you know, Zoom time. So we're, we've come through a weird, wacky time, right? So, it's probably going to be, are we under a microscope or are we, are we seeing this magnification at the moment of people being out of shape or, or has it changed? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know if necessarily know, like everyone's put on their, their COVID-19 pounds, right? Seeing a lot of people who have backslid or gained more weight, but like at the same time, there's never been more personal trainers. There's never been more YouTube videos about exercise. Searching for a health and fitness routine in Google returns 243 million results. So it's not about the information, you know? So like, I don't know if we're living in like kind of like a microcosm of like of the pandemic and we're going to eventually come out of it, or if this is just the new world order and, and to be average is to be carrying around 25% body fat and $30,000 in debt and having a bad, bad relationships with, with your family, and with your kids. I like, I wonder if just kind of how like the, uh, the wealth gap is like, it's becoming increasingly more like rich versus poor. And then like that gap is becoming mm. bigger. I'm wondering if we're going to see that same thing happening in fitness too, which is kind of depressing because fitness is easier than gaining a ton of wealth. You're never going to be a Rockefeller, but, but you can still like, you can still look and feel good. And so to not do that, to not take advantage of like, going outside and walking more or running or doing push-ups, 
is kind of a travesty. So tell me, I mean, how, how do you max your passion? I mean, you know, this show is about fire in the belly. I mean, how do you say to someone, listen, you know, working with someone like yourself and, and reading your books and coming through this, this is how, you know, well, you tell me, can you go through a transformation? Not, is it a complete game changer and, and help people to build their passion and build their capabilities? Yeah, I think, I think so. Are you talking mostly like with their passions and kind of about like, how do you transform like a passion, like a, an interest into a, like a revenue producing and ent- like entity? Well, it's both actually. I mean, how do you, so the, the vessel that we sit within, you know, this body and saying, how do you maximize it for, you know, sort of building on your passions and all that, but also then, yeah, I mean, the mindset that's involved to actually taking a passion and, and yeah, making it credible to both. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And I think that like, that is one way additionally that I've personally experienced how to go from running away to running towards is because like, I've learned this lesson. Like I went to the doctor when I was like 13 or 14, I've been working out a little bit, doing pushups here and there. And I still didn't look like Arnold. I wasn't huge. It was really weird. And I was like, doctor, what's up? I've done a bunch of pushups. Why don't I look so strong and awesome? And he's like, you're an exercise non-responder. I was like, excuse me. And he's like, yeah. So the, if you exercise a lot, you're never going to get big and strong. He's like, just the way you are and your genetics and everything else, you're never going to get big and strong. And I was like, what? You know, like just so mad, you know, you tell a 13 year old that, like, how dare you? So I don't necessarily know if that's true or not, but like, that's what I was told. And um, like that, that really bothered me because I was like, well, like, is this all for not? Am I going to put all this work in and never really see the, see the, um, like the fruits of my labors? But then I also like, this is a question that I've thought about a lot, all like when I, you know, even from like in high school and stuff like that, I was always considering this question, which is even if it took me twice as long, would it still be worth it? Even if it took me five times as long, would it still be worth it? And I think the answer to that question is yes. And for a lot of us, like, you know, to build financial success, is it, would it take, if it took you twice as long, Pete, would it still be worth it? Yeah. If it took you mm. twice as long to get a six pack and to like, to be in the best shape of your life, would it still be worth it? Yeah. If it took you twice as long to have an incredible relationship with your family, with your kids, with your wife, would it still be worth it? Yeah. All those things are incredibly like important to us. So once we say like, okay, this is what, these are what the paragons, these are the exact, the things that we need in our lives, but like, I may not know how to get there, or I might like have to be like, I have to work this job in order to pursue podcasting or this other passion I have. I think the, the lesson that I took from, from physical fitness was that like, as long as I kept coming back to it as long as I was consistent, as long as I did not quit or give up, there was no way you could keep me from being successful. It might take me a decade, but I don't give a shit. I'm here, I'm here to do the work. I'm here to be consistent. And I know the only thing I can control is myself. I can't control my genetics. I can't control what this guy looks like. I can't control what weight room I'm in, you know, like, but I can control how I show up every single day. So like that has been a lesson, like an overarching lesson of my life. And something that I really try, like I credit a lot with the weight training is that like, I didn't always know that like I was going, like I was going to look a certain kind of way, or I didn't know like what was possible, but I knew that I couldn't lose if I didn't stop. And that's something that I will like, uh, that has been really transformational in terms of my business. Cause like, like I said, I've started several businesses that have not been that good. Ask me about, ask me about grab and go workout. 
that was terrible. But like, but I knew that like, if I wanted to own a business, if I wanted to be in fitness, if I wanted to be at like kind of that upper echelon of helping people at a really high level across the, across the globe, you can't stop me from doing that. I'm going to win. And it might take me a lot longer than everybody else. Cause I'm a slow learner, but I'm going to win. How do you incentivize people that don't, they maybe know they need to change, but they don't know what it's going to feel like or what it is. And I suppose I'm, I'm talking about myself here, you know, and saying is, I don't think I've ever had a six pack in my life. And uh, yeah, I'm probably in the worst shape that I've ever been in right now, you know, and that's kids, that's pandemics, that's, yeah, sort of midlife crisis and God knows what else thrown in on top, right? You know, so uh, where, how do you motivate or, you know, how do you transform people like, I'm going to put myself in here and say, you know, like myself who are saying, listen, I'm just happy to, you know, get through the day and be all right and keep the kids happy and keep everyone safe and well, you know, not, that's my priority. So how do you shift priorities? Yeah, it's a great question. I think threats of physical violence are really helpful here. Cool. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. So um, <laughs> I, I think that like, so when I get on like a strategy call with someone, I'm always asking them about their goals. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. Cause like, I can be like, yo, Pete, I got this sick workout. It's going to get you a six pack. You just got to go grind it out, man. 6am every day, just get there and do it. And you're going to be like, no, I'm not doing that because I didn't, I'm not appealing to your actual your actual goals, the things that you want out of life. You want to keep your kids happy and healthy. You want to have a great family. You want to have a thriving business. Nowhere in there is six pack abs or beast mode in the gym or 500 pound squat. You know, so if I'm like, Pete, get that squat up, bro. Ab wheel rollouts till you die. Like it's not going to help you at all. So rather than that, it's like, okay, Pete, what do you want, man? And you're like, I want to, I want to like take care of my kids. I'm like, why, why do you want to do that? Like, I and mean, this is like, this is kind of an annoying question, but I ask it a lot. I'm like, why, why do you want to take care of your kids? But I think that like, a lot of times it's like, it's like, uh, well, I, I never even thought about that. Why do I want to take care of my kids? And you, and we take that to the next level. And so like, I don't know your story and we don't, we don't have to like go super deep on it, but I'll tell you that like, when I was talking to someone the other day, he's like, I want to lose 20 pounds. And I was like, who cares about that? Why is that important? And he's like, well, like, I want to be healthy. I'm like, who cares about being healthy? Why is that important? He's like, well, I want to, you know, be available for my kids and have energy. I was like, there we go. Okay. Why do you want to have energy for your kids? And he goes, because my dad was never around. And then when he, when he finally uh, retired from work, he died a year later from a heart attack. Like, okay, now, now we're at the, we're at the heart of the matter. Now that's something that we can work with because it's not about a six pack. It's about living long enough to enjoy your family when you're older. It's about giving your kids what you never had. It's about being the man that you needed when you were growing up. And I think then we can start attaching, okay, just tweak your lunch a little bit. Hey, you get up in the morning, you go for a walk. That's gonna help you be the man that you needed when you were growing up. And we can, if we can attach those two things and we can connect the inputs with the outputs, then, then you're unbeatable, you're unstoppable. But if it's always like, hey bro, gotta get in, you got to get turbulence, bro. Like let's P90X, let's, let's get after it. You're not like, it's no connection. It's just another thing. It's another fad. Hmm. Well, what have you learned the most then from, from coaching and PTing for people? What, what have you come away with that motivates them? What, what drives people? 
most of my clients are driven by financial success. That just seems to be like kind of a, a common theme. Um, so like, it's kind of an equal footing between like family and finances. Those are like the two, the two big things. Nobody's really coming to me and is like, Hey, I want to step on stage. I want to have sick biceps. Like, yes, we all like that. We want to feel our shirt sleeves tight. It feels good. Like that's like an ego thing, but really the motivational factors are like, I want to be available for my kids. I want to show up and have, have like good energy. Well, like the reason I wrote this million dollar body method book was based off a client of mine named Jason. And he was like, yo, I want to, I want to like show up for my kids bigger. You know, like I, I'm, he's, I started a company here in Arizona driving around 12, 14 hours a day, starting this company. He's like, show, I show up at home and I'm dead tired. I have to watch like 30 minutes of ESPN to even like have a conversation. He's like, I'm drinking three energy drinks a day. It's not, it's not sustainable. So he was, he would ask me like, okay, I need to, I need to get some more energy. I don't have time to train. I'm still going to drive 10, 10, 12, 14 hours a day. And I'm going to eat out. I'm going to eat fast food five times per week. What can you do for me? What can you do? So like knowing his, knowing what he wanted, right. Wants energy for his kids. That's the number one thing. We were able to design a program for him that really fit with his lifestyle. And he got to eat out five times a week. So I hit him up a couple months later. I was like, how's it going, man? He's like, great. Feels so good. Go home, hang out with my kids. I'm feeling amazing. I was like, awesome. What a huge win. And he's like, oh, by the way, he's like, what? He's like, I dropped 22 pounds in the last two months. I was like, uh, okay, we might uh, be onto something here. You know, so like, yes, like, like that's great. Dropping your belly fat, your visceral fat, feeling a lot better, looking in the mirror and being like, I look good. You know, that confidence. Those are all great things and they all lead to more success down the road. But we got to give we got to give people what they what they want and what they need. So if you want more energy with your kids, then that's what you're going to get. So we got to start with that snowball that effect. So momentum, I think, is key here. Where where is your big sort of pressure point? I mean, do you are you into fasting? Are you into diet types? Is it you know is it the exercise? Is it stretching? What 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 do you say is the, the main thing for you? So there's a couple of things. Um, so I, I, um, I like to think of things in terms of like um, safety nets or insurance policies. So, cause like if, if you told my, any of my clients, you go to my clients, you go, Hey, you guys need to start tracking your calories, start tracking your macros. <clears throat> 90% of them are going to laugh at you. They're not going to do it. I've asked that a lot of times and they're like, no, not happening. So like having like, asking someone to do something like that a little bit more intensive has never worked for me. So I'm trying to figure out how do we get the, the most positive ROI, the best return on our investment. So there's a couple of ways I like to do this. Number one is by having eating really light in the beginning of the day. So breakfast and lunch are lighter, lower calorie meals with low carbs. And then having dinner, having a bigger meal at dinner, because most of the time we're breaking bread with our family, we're having people over, we're going to work dinners with clients. It's nice to be able to have the flexibility to not stress if you're having a glass of wine or a piece of pizza at dinner. And I, no problem. Like let's, let's set up your day in a way that, that, that can make sense. I do like fasting. I think that it's another insurance policy I think is really powerful because if you're doing, and I'm not a big fan of the 16, eight fasting. I used to be, but I've kind of changed my perspective on that. I'm a big fan of the prolonged fasting, the 24 plus hours for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, 16 hour fast. I feel like they make you hungrier midday. And if you're hungrier, you eat a bigger meal midday, it's going to help you. You're going to crash in the afternoon. It's like eating, eating like 
a big burrito in the middle of the day. And then you're like, you want to crawl onto your desk, take a nap. And secondly, a 24 hour fast is equivalent to about three and a half, 16 hour fasts. So you get more bang for your buck. Again, just a better return on your investment for those things. So I'm a big fan of those two pieces. And then I also break up my program into what I consider phase one, phase two, and phase three. Phase one is really all about like, it's like a, it's a hardcore reset. It's like, here's a meal plan. Here's what to eat. Here's what to drink. Here's what the supplements to take. And it's really stringent because it, the goal with phase one is to get people fast results, to have them see the progress they're going through and get excited. Then once they see the progress and they kind of have done the system, then when I take them back and I give them perspective, go look at, here's what you just did. Look at all these things. You just dropped so much, so much weight. And here's what you're eating for breakfast. Now, rather than eating this meal plan, you realize that this is a protein and this is a fat. So here's a list of proteins and fats. What can you fill in that's going to hit more of what you like? And so Pete, if you're like, you know what I want to eat is I want to eat like cashews and shrimp for breakfast. I'd be like, a little weird, man, but like, okay, live your life, you know? So now like we, we just give them perspective. We give them that, like that plug and play and we give them the ability, like the tools. So anytime they want to, they can return back to that, like that, what they were doing and get some good results. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So talk to me about the book. I mean, the book, the book's done really well. You know, you've Amazon bestseller, which is fantastic. Congratulations. So the million dollar body coaching program. So tell me what, what was your, what was your intention here and what have you achieved? Well, I kind of went back and forth because I feel like a lot of times like books like this can like, it can be tempting to, to write them as a glorified sales letter for my program. And I'm not going to lie to you. This passport fitness book, the first one I wrote was kind of a, was kind of a long form ad for bod in a box. And yeah, I got some good like stories in there and some great tips and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it was just tips, hacks, little secrets and stuff like that. And then the kind of the message was buy a bod in a box. You want, you want more results Buy a bod in a box. And I didn't do that with million dollar body. I gave it all away. Uh, Cause I was like, my goal here is not to like become independently wealthy from a single book. My goal here is to impact lives. And if I can, if I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna be doing in 10 years, Pete. I don't know if I'm going to be in fitness anymore. If I'm going to be a, like, you know, an underwater, you know, basket weaver or crocodile wrangler or what. But like, I wanted to leave, leave something like that, that someone could pick up 10, 20 years from now, not knowing me at all and still get great results. So basically what I did is I took it, I, I took what I called my seven daily investments, the seven habits people need to have on a, on a regular basis. And it's not, it's not really seven. It's like four because three of them are breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I talk about why, why to do it in a specific way, what the research shows and then how to implement it. So the goal of this book is you read the book and then you can start a 28 day program on your own, just doing your, doing your thing to get some great results. Most people I'm hoping that they lose, you know, between three and six kilos over the course of, over the course of the 28 days, want to give them some momentum and stuff like that, get them like really, really excited about the process. And yeah, I do have a coaching program on the back end where I give you specific meals and I give you exact training modules. And then I, you know, give you the videos, got to have the videos in there give you accountability and that sort of thing. So like that's available to someone who needs, needs more. But I also have that for people who are just like, yo, let me just dip my toes in. Or like, I can't, you know, that's not going to work for me financially at the moment. So where do I start? So, and it's great because like a lot of times people are like, what do you think about fasting? And I'm like, page 86, you know? And so I just like, my questions that I get all the time are already answered in there, which is really fun. 
it's cool to have it isn't it i mean one it's, it's an authority builder too it's as you say it's you know when people are saying you know how do we do that yeah it's in the book read the book read the book <laughs> it's like you know which is cool right you know it's uh, it's great to have it and it's great advertisement for you it just shows your professionalism that you've taken to print you know you've actually done it and you know and it, it's a great service too because you know not, not everyone has to you know join all your programs do whatever to you know they can they can come in the, the easy way and say well read the book and, and that's a really good start as well too so you know it's uh, i think it's fantastic you're covering all the bases right yeah try it some you don't like some people love to learn like like auditory and the pod i got a podcast for that you know some people love to live and visually and i got you know six seven hundred videos on my youtube channel some people love to read i got the book so like However you consume information, hopefully I got a, a, a way for you to get this specific information, which to be totally fair with you, like, like none of this is earth shattering or revolutionary. Like all this stuff is known. I just took it up and packaged it in a way that really makes sense for entrepreneurs and business owners. So if mm. like someone like that is going to, is going to read this and be like, Oh, like I've never heard the information presented like this before, even though, like, like I said, tactics are a dime a dozen you can go find you can go google anything mm-hmm. but it is as you said it's that it is that sort of build up and it's the accountability too and it's the information so that you know people are aware as you say that you know the visceral fat i think is, is you know is one there notice through your website and that you know it's, it's a big thing right you know and you're saying with the book as well so um yeah, I'd be horrified to tell you. I I don't even know what my visceral fat levels would be. So it's, it's not great, right? So, uh, but that's that's the whole point, isn't it? It's to educate people and saying, listen, you know, first of all, get you know, understand what you've got, where you're at, and then two is be prepared to do something about it. You know, and the reasons why because this is this is not good, right? Yeah, I think like, like you said, just like figuring out why. What's your like? Why is it important? Mm-hmm. You know, people come to me all the time and say like, I need, I want to lose 10 pounds. But like, why, why do you need to lose 10 pounds? And if you can unpack that yourself, I think that like, if you can walk that all the way back to where like, you're like, okay, this is the actual reason why. And then you can ask yourself one more question. I think you're like, you're so far ahead of everyone else. Who's like diet starts Monday. I'll wait till January news resolutions. You know, if you can, if you can walk yourself back to why is this actually important? And sometimes it involves asking why like six or seven times. And then you can ask yourself, what's my game plan? What's my next step here? Because I think a lot of times it's like, oh shit, I got to like join a gym. I got to do meal prep and I got to cook this food and I got to order this stuff and go to the store. And like, no, one next step. What is your one next step? Some people are like, I need to join a gym. Okay, well, that's not your next step. Your next step is to call the gym or look the gym up on, on the internet. You know, like where I think we, we try to put too much on ourselves and especially in a place where we're not necessarily fluent. Okay. If you were like, Hey, Nate, what you need to do is you just need to go code your website. Okay. You just need to go insert this header in the code of your website. I'd be like, what, what do I got to do? You know, like, if you're like, okay, log into your website. Okay. You're like, now click this button. Okay. You know, like, so like my, like fluency in a lot of ways is not there for people. So, and that's definitely true with fitness. So it's like, yo, Pete, all you got to do, knock out 13 sets of squats. And you're like, I don't even have a gym membership yet. Then pick that one specific next step, whether that's Google the closest gym nearby, buy two dumbbells, do that one thing. And then we'll move on to the next thing after that. But we don't, don't go get overwhelmed with it because otherwise 
you know, like it's like standing at the bottom of the mountain and staring at the top and being like, I'll never get there, you know. But if you just look that, take that one step, you know, I've, I've heard that question before, like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, baby, you know. So if you if you can have that outlook on on everything in life, especially things that you're not familiar or comfortable with, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, it's true. Isn't it? I mean, you find your why, and then the rest will fall into shape, right? You know, because otherwise it's you know it's it's pain led. You know, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to go to the gym? Why do I have to? cut down my diet as opposed to if you can flip the language to saying i want to i get to i get to change my language i get to go to the gym i you know i can't wait to get there you know to do something different right you know so it's all it's it is that difference isn't it really it's the you know your motivation yeah and i think working out's a privilege you know having having two functional arms is a is a blessing you know like you know, you, you ever experienced this where like you, you get like one nostrils all plugged up or you smash yeah. your thumb or something like that. And suddenly like everything you just want, all you want is to breathe through the two nostrils or you want to be able to use your full hand again. You know, we don't appreciate what it's like until it's gone. So starting to like appreciate like, God, it's so nice to be able to get up and just walk around. I'm moving pain-free right now. I can go to the gym and I can do any exercise I want to. Such a huge blessing. I think that you really nailed it when you said like picking out the things that you can do and just being excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's so true for anyone in life, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's that, that aspect. So talk to me about, you know, your niche and, and where, you know, you can serve best, you know, you're saying to typically it's males, it's entrepreneurs, middle age, you know, 35, 45. Did I hear that correctly? But just about, yeah. 35 to 50 is kind of that sweet spot generally. Why? What, what is it about that that makes, you know, do you think is, is the niche for you? I think a couple things like, um, like it's not to say like, I don't work with females. Like a lot of times like women will approach me or I'll work with like a husband and wife combination and it's great, but like, I'm a, it's, we'll say, I don't have the greatest like bedside manner, I'm a little bit blunt, a little abrupt, no kid gloves, really it's the thing I'm working on. So I'm, I'm always going to tell, like, I just, I'm a very honest person. So if you're like, uh, if you're like, I'm a committed to this and you don't do it, I'll be like, why the hell is this not done? You said you're going to do it. What's, what's going on? Did you get into a car accident? Is every, did you have an earthquake? It's happening near you. You know? So like, I think that like, I just work with men a little bit better because they seem to respond to that ag- aggressive form of questioning a bit better, but also like, that's who I am. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a dad. You know, I like, so we speak the same language. So if we get off in the weeds talking about like a marketing email sequence or how like one of my clients can, you know, like utilize some of their stuff from their podcast a little bit more effectively on social media, like that's, that's also fun, rewarding, and like interesting for myself and my clients. So when I was a personal trainer, I was trained, I would just train everybody. I would train people, you know, I trained someone who was 550 pounds. I try, I trained ladies who were like, you know, 82 years old. I trained like all the, the gamut. But um, working online, it's just, it's nice because you get to be a little bit more specific with who you work with because you're, you know, you're not trying to appeal to everybody and you have access to the whole world ostensibly. Um, But also like my program is really good for this specific type of person. So someone comes to me and they're like, hey, I need macros done. I'm like, I'm not the coach for it. They're like, I'm going to step on stage. I'm like, I'm not the coach for you. They're like, I want to build muscle. I'm like, that's not me. So it's, it's, um, it's nice to be able to be like, this is the, this is the part I've carved out of the market. This is what I do really well. This is my zone of genius. And this is like, and everything else like has to say, I have to say no to it. Yeah. 
Well, listen, and that, that's the thing. I think, you know, there's so many people are, are slow to sort of, as you say, hone down or find their zone of genius because they want to be everything to everyone. You know, and probably the same as a diet, right? We want to, you know, we want the abs with the, the mental clearance with the bodybuilder, you know, sort of program and the, you know, I want to be able to run a marathon and do a weightlifting challenge and, you know, and sort of run around <laughs> with the kids. It's like, bloody hell. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what, what do you want? I want everything, right? So, and that's, it's not realistic or it's maybe not achievable or not viable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. So for you then, I mean, in terms of on kind of what I'm getting with your style, you know, you're very forward, positive, forward speaking, very plain speaking. And so it sounds like, I mean, that's, you know, especially with, I know I can appreciate myself being in that age bracket and that sort of background is kind of going, I haven't got a lot of time for niceties. I kind of need a straight shooter. I need somebody just to go, boom, that's it, you know, and, and this is where we're at, but also give me, you know, because I don't know whether it's a male brain. I mean, maybe you'll know this. I mean, the, the sort of the, the male brain versus the female brain that, you know, men sort of almost need, you know, well, why? You know, why, why would I do that? You know, it's like, give me a good enough why and then we'll we'll find a reason or we'll find a, a justification, right? So, I mean, do, do you find a big difference working between the two, men and female, male and female? Yeah, I feel like a, a lot like, and this is this is like a oh definitely an oversimplification. It's not to say men don't need mindset work. I think we're just slower to admit that. But like, I think about when I talk to my wife, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, this thing happened today. This is going wrong." And I'm like, "Would you try this?" She's like, "Like, can you just like can you just listen to me?" And I was like, "Oh, I I'm sorry. I thought you wanted me to fix this for you." And so like now what I have to do is I go. Would you, are, are you looking for, are you looking for like me to listen here? Or are you looking for some possible solutions? Cause my wife is very smart. She's smarter than me in most ways. And so like, when I'm like, have you, have you tried talking to them? And she's like, of course I've tried that shit. Like what, why are you even asking me? Why are you insult me like that? You know? So like, so sometimes like, I feel like with my wife, the same way with like, like some of the female clients I've worked in the past, they just want to be heard. They just want to be listened to. And they don't really want me to jump in with tactics and stuff like that. They want me to jump in and be like, Hey, here's your next step. We're doing this. Let's tweak your style on this. Let's change your, your morning routine out like this. They're like, listen, I'm just having a rough day. I just need someone to, t- I just need to get this off my chest. And I'm like, like that, like almost doesn't compute for me sometimes. So like, it's just a little bit more challenging for me to work with women. Um, especially if they feel like they, like they, you know, having a harder time with this because sometimes, you know, like fitness is not like the easiest path that exposes a lot of things. You're like, like I said, if you're, if you're not good at it, you go to the gym maybe you don't feel as good when you go home Maybe you feel intimidated. Maybe you're just not like comfortable. So like, I'm not necessarily the number one person to like talk through that sort of thing. Like people, if they, if I have people like cry on phone calls with me, I'm like, get like really uncomfortable. So <laughs> <laughs> So where, where is this going for you? Do you think, I mean, do you, do you, are you clear in your, um, your aspects or where, you know, what your potential is and, and, you know, what's going to bring out the best in you? Yeah. So I feel like I'm, I'm getting to that point. I think that like having a, like kind of having a small team around me, some people who are like-minded individuals that I can kind of pour into from a different perspective. So rather than just being like, dad like top down or like husband like laterally or like you know client coaching whatever else having kind of like the people around me that are in the organization who i'm trying to edify build up and and improve like help them improve their skills 
like a little bit more of like a mentorship role. Like I feel like that's kind of the next, the next step in the evolution of the business. Um, but I'm, I'm just excited. It's been really fun. Like, like I love having my own business because like, you know, I can go ahead and promote myself. Like I did last year to author. Like I was like, all right, this, this month I'll be, I'll be the author. And then like, I get to go do that. And then like last weekend or last week I was filming a YouTube ad. I'm standing on my car in the middle of the parking lot with a taco costume on at like 1230 on a weekday being like, what the hell is my life? This is hilarious. And that's why I'm unemployable, Pete. No one can hire me. <laughs> it is always the way, isn't it? I mean, that's true for a lot of entrepreneurs. It's like, yeah, basically unemployable because, yeah, we would wreck the place left alone or if you tried to. <laughs> you would like, not like to have me on the staff. It's like bringing home a wild coyote or something and <laughs> bringing it into the house. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to train this thing and we're going to make it a house pet. It's like, that's sort of weird look in its eyes says, no, you're not. <laughs> That's a great analogy. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love it. I love it. So it's, I mean, how did you find, I mean, writing the book, are there going to be more books, do you think? I mean, what's what's out there, you know, do you think, what would really sort of appeal to you? Yeah, I, I definitely think there'll be more books in the future. I love writing books. It's like, I, I love writing. It's one of my favorite things. Um, so to get a chance to like sit down and like actually put something on paper that I can print off and then hold in my hand, like, I could kill a fly with this thing. I wrote this. Like, that's such a cool feeling. Um, so definitely some more books in the future. I would like to probably do like a million dollar body or a million dollar mindset, something like that. Um, I, I feel like that's probably coming down the pipe at some point, probably not this year, but, um, and then like maybe some speaking and, and different things like that. I didn't, I was doing, I was kind of working up and building the speaking career up in like 2019. And then 2020, all my speaking engagements dried up for some reason. So we've been doing a, doing a lot more podcasting, but it'd be nice to get back on a stage here or there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, I mean, if, if you had to describe your fire in the belly in one or two words, what would they be, Nick? There's a lot of like rude ways I could say this, but I would say reject average. I ref like, I refuse to be average. I don't, I don't want like so much. So like, like I got to check myself sometimes because I'll have a really visceral reaction when someone's like, you should do this. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything you say, you know, like I gotta be like, all right, well, I'll just take that with a grain of salt, chill out a little bit. Not every advice is bad, you know, like, but I just don't want to, I never want to be the person who w wakes up, you know, fifties or sixties and is like, oh man, I really, like, I really wasted this. I, I don't want to look back and be like, oh, I should have done X. I wish I had, I wish I had been there, you know? So I think that rejecting kind of the, the, the average, the norm, the, the mediocrity um, and embracing the wild, the adventure, the fun, the challenge is, is fire in the belly. And that's a lot more than one or two words. So you're welcome. It's a lot more. <laughs> Don't put me in a box, Pete. Overachieving. <laughs> uh, tell me what what are you most proud of or what, what's something that's been you're really proud of in your life um i'm really proud of the fact that um when my wife and i had great jobs we're living in an amazing place uh up in seattle washington that we we opted to sell all of our stuff and moved to South America for, for a, year, a full year. 
I, I think of it as like my, my, an early retirement, kind of just like a little bite-sized year long retirement. And I get, I think that really like, that is something that I feel was very exciting because it, it helped me embody who I always thought I would, should be by like, just like, you know, I, I think I wrote it all down, but we traveled like 280 hours in buses. We stayed at like 74 different hostels. I got bit by 10 different animals. We went to nine hospitals, like drank like unlimited cases of beer, kayaked 200 plus miles, hiked over 300, you know, like it's like, we had like, just like this incredible adventure, like in our late twenties. And I think that I'm really proud that we were able to take the steps to do that when it would have been very easy not to, you know, I think that a lot of those things are hard to execute, take a lot of forethought, take a lot of planning, take the willingness to just, just to jump without knowing what's down there. And I'm very proud of, of uh, how that is. I'm proud of my relationship with my wife and I'm proud of, uh, I'm proud of her, to be honest. Hmm. And if you were to try and almost summarize your, your commandments or your um, code of conduct, if you like, or your principles, I mean, in sort of five or 10 things, I mean, what, what will be your sort of really commitments to yourself? What is it that makes you stand out and be you? I feel like a lot of them, I've not thought about this. this is a great question. I feel like I should probably write this up at some point, but I think that it'd be like, this is a, this is a daily struggle for me, but be authentic, be who, be yourself. I'm a little bit of a weird dude. I'm a little bit out there. Um, but like, it's been, it's so fun and so refreshing to like, just be like, this is it. You don't like this. All right, go find somebody else. That's no problem. Um, and just like, you know, attract the people around you that are like, that are into your vibe. Like that's, that's so much more fun than trying to put on a face, which is what I felt like I've done for years, trying to like be, be who I was supposed to be, be who people expected me to be. So be authentic. Um, keep your word. I think is huge, especially for us guys, you know, because if we're, if we're always like, I'm going to go diet starts Monday, you know, we're going to work out and we never do it. Like it, it creates like a self-esteem gap. We, and then if we're lying to ourselves and we don't believe that we tell the truth, then like, then everything around us suffers. We are just are not like the pillar, the bastion that we're supposed to be like, and you know, like, so like, if we're like, oh yeah, I'll be there at 10. And then like, then we're like, eh, but I'm a liar. So who knows when I'll be there? You know, like, that's like the undercurrent that goes under our, like, like in all of our thought processes. So keep your word, especially to yourself. And then mm. I think that uh, the last one be be consistent or don't quit. Um, I think that that's a like something that's that's probably been one of like the most beneficial commandments that I've had uh, in my in my life is just like that's brought me a lot of like a lot of the most amazing things. It's just just show up every single day, whether you do like just do a little bit, like do your best every single day. Try your try your hardest, get one percent better, that sort of thing. And then um, probably I'd put up there like for me specifically would be try to outserve my wife. I feel like that's a, that's a constant work in progress and some good advice that I got uh, before we got married. It's been a decade now. So she, but like one of my, my mentors at the time was like, listen, like if you can treat every day, like a competition where you see who can serve the other person better, more at, like you're going to have an incredible marriage. And so that to me has always been kind of like a, like a pillar or an attempted pillar. 
<laughs> well, it's great, right? I mean, the, the, to be of service to each other—that's that's always powerful. That's very powerful. You know, it's what's what's the nicest thing someone could say about you? Fighting my inner, like my inner need to like say something clever and say something about my hair, but <laughs> I'd say, um, I think like probably more recently, like one of the best things someone could say is like, Hey, you're, you're a really good dad. That would be that, like, that would be fantastic. Uh, I also think that like someone saying something to the effect of like, you're consistent, tenacious, unstoppable is always a, a good ego boost for me. Hmm. That's good though. That is good. But genuine, you know, what are your, what are your core values or your soul values? Probably loyalty, adventure, challenge, and fun. I didn't prep for that at all. I just that I probably there's probably a couple more in there, but that's top of my top of my brain. Gotta that's have fun. Cool. It's, it's Gotta a have genuine. Fun. Hmm. Yeah, there's all about the fun, right? Especially with kids. Kids are always fun. <laughs> <laughs> totally unreasonable but they're also fun too oh my gosh <laughs> oh, i love it i love it so tell us now where can people hunt you down follow you track you learn more buy your book i've got like a i've got a little implant so if you just put in your like the uh the code into your phone you should be able to track me anywhere uh so you can you can find the book on amazon both of them are up there uh passport fitness really didn't get a lot of love in 2020 again like weird weird that like the book about travel fitness didn't just stop selling um, million, body, million dollar bodies up there. Um, if you want, if you want like a free copy of the book, you can join us in the million dollar body uh, community on Facebook. So go to n8 training slash group to go there. And I basically set everyone in the group up with like an ebook or a PDF version of the book. So you can check that out. Um, Facebook's where I'm really active. You can find me on like Twitter, TikTok, Instagram at n8 training. And then uh, natetrainingsystems.com. Cool. I love it. And is there a final message you'd like to leave our listeners today? Yeah, I, I think this is my, this is my soapbox, but I think we've we talked about this already to a little bit today, but like, if you have something that's worth, it's worth pursuing, whether it's your health, whether it's a relationship, whether it's financial freedom, you can't, you can't lose as long as you don't quit. You can't lose if you don't quit. So whether that takes you a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years to become an overnight success, if you don't stop going, you'll never, you're like your victory is already assured, especially in fitness. You have a bender, you go off the rails, you eat 10 pizzas, no one gives a shit. Get back on and keep going because you only lose if you stop. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Love it. I love it. Nate, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Appreciate all you've done to here today and really sharing and serving. And listen, the book is available out there now. So, Nate, thank you for being all thank, you do. Thank you. It was fun to come on. I'm sorry if I yelled like the entire time. <laughs> it's all good. All good. It's passion, baby. Passion. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed that episode. 
Now, if you're looking to unlock your body's natural energy production, fat burning machine, there are three ways that I can help you out for free. Number one, go to n8trainingsystems.com slash group to join the Million Dollar Body community. It's where I host workouts, challenges, a lot of cool stuff going on there. Number two, go to n8trainingsystems.com slash book to get a free copy of the Million Dollar Body Method book. And number three, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening so that way we can get more influential guests and bring them back here so you can absorb those lessons as well.